Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Man, oh man, I'm still shaking my head, Danny Story. North York woman charged with witchcraft took a guy for $600,000? Uh-huh. I would say, well, she's not a witch, but there is a word that sounds awfully like it. But uh, anyway, I hope I'm not getting in trouble for that. Uh, 600000 Buyer beware. Yeah, well, I would Witchcraft say. Witchcrafter be, oh my gosh, weary. What were they thinking? Well, he wasn't. That was the problem. I'd like to know what the government's doing about all these unlicensed witches. <laughs> you know, that's a story, Tax right? Them. Let's start looking into that as another potential scandal. Man, oh man. Yeah, by the way, uh, it's nice to be back. It's a. Thursday, yes, and a great day for talk radio. I was away yesterday. Peter Sherman, thank you very much for sitting in my stead. I was up in Ottawa trying to straighten things out there, needless to say. How'd it go? No, well, I'm back. Is it uh, straight? Yeah, sure, it's straight. Uh, Man, oh, man. You know, I don't know. You just need to do a quick tour of the Parliament buildings and then realize that, uh, you know, they're living in a different universe entirely. Are they still calling it the town that fun forgot? Well, that goes without saying. We're all calling it that. But, you know, I, well, you know I've got to say, we had a good time. There was a group of us, and we were invited by uh, our friend, the entrepreneur par excellence, Steve Hudson, to go up there and uh, have lunch in the Senate. Whoa. With the speaker, Mr. George Fury from Newfoundland. Who's like you know a friend of all of us, and uh, we went there, and you know we we had lunch. It was a business lunch. This is the way it's. It actually said that on the menu. I guess so we could write it off as a tax expense. Take a picture. Yeah, it was good. Uh, you know, and that was a problem. Yeah, taking pictures. So he's going to recognize us from the speaker's seat. From the chair, and uh, so that we would be up in the gallery. He said, you know, before you leave, go back to Troy, go up in the gallery, and I'm going to recognize you from the floor here in this and that. Wow. So we decide, we'll take a picture. The gendarmes come over. You can't take pictures. No photos. Yeah. So then, you know, when, uh, of course, Speaker Fury starts announcing our entourage up there in the gallery, <laughs> we're giving out one of these. The gendarme comes over. You can't clap here. No. Seriously. Yeah, we're batting 0 for 2 at this point. We decided we better beat a hate. You retreat back to Toronto Hit before. Yeah, we're over three, and uh, who knows what might happen to us anyway. So it was kind of eventful only in so far as <laughs> I got to see the lay of the land up close. But no photos to prove it. Well, I did actually. I took one surreptitiously. I don't know if the, somewhere along the line, Ceases probably has me on their radar now. Uh oh. But uh, <sighs> I was trying to scope out Duffy. I was looking for Duffy uh, in the Senate, you know, and. Uh, but it was still lunch hour, so <laughs> he could have been in the oh. parliamentary kitchen. You know, the reason for it, too, because uh, Senator Fury invited us. He says it's the last time before this thing goes under the reno- under renovation. And it's going to be closed, the parliament buildings, for like 10 years. Uh-huh. 10 years. Wow. Because it's designated historical. And therefore, uh, the people who've got the assignment are the ones who built this building right here at Chorus Key, Diamond and Schmidt. Hey. And so... Uh, what they have to do is maintain the integrity of the building. So, in other words, they have to remove, like, brick by brick, stone, you know, that had been... Catalog it. Put everything. It, put it back. Numbers, exactly everything. Exactly where it was. Same mortar. Wow. Yeah. Okay, maybe a new mortar. 
No, no. Uh, well, new mortar. Yes. Uh, the thing is, though, <laughs> this is going to be such arduous work. It's going to take 10 to 15 years is actually the timeline at a cost of $3 billion. Ouch. Uh-huh. Who's going to pay that bill? Well, who huh? do you think is going to pay that huh? bill? We're going to get a, a rebate in the mail. Uh, I don't know. Because it'll be uh, more environmentally friendly, uh, have solar panels on the roof, sure. and uh, the windows won't leak. I didn't have occasion to bump into Justin and ask him about that. I know stateside, everybody's concerned about getting these suspicious packages in the mail, and I thought, you know, with this carbon tax rebate next April, uh, we'll be getting suspicious packages in the mail. <laughs> so we'll all share a kinship. All right, I didn't see him, but I did see the former Prime Minister, Jean Chrétien, because our friend Charlie Angelakos, who's with Labatt's, used to be his uh, executive assistant. Very nice. And so we had time to kill before we descend, you know, it was too early to start drinking. Uh, So before we went to lunch with the senator, the speaker, we decided, uh, well, Charlie did, to give his boss, his old boss, a call. Oh, I said, bon. Yeah. So he said, yeah, come on by. And so uh, we dropped by Cretchen. He's working in a law office there, Denton's, downtown Ottawa, you know, close to the parliament buildings. It's really only a small core in downtown Ottawa. But so we went up there. It was kind of fun because Gretchen, he comes out. First of all, you know, we just went into a small conference room, sat around. Two minutes later, he comes in, sits down, starts regaling us with stories for like half an hour, 35 minutes. And he says, I got to get back to work. All right. Pictures. It was like a fan expo. <laughs> Come on That's now. what it was. It had the feeling of a fan expo. Everybody takes their shot with Cratchit. You know, he's uh, regaling us with stories. Some probably uh, best remain off the record. But, but a great storyteller. He is. And as a matter of fact, he told a very interesting one about how he was flying from Reagan National Airport in Washington to Chicago. And uh, for whatever reason, he got flagged by the customs guy. It wouldn't be customs per se. I guess it would just be, you know. Border. Border, whatever. Security. Yeah, because it's an inbound. It's basically a national flight. But he said the guy took him aside and, you know, everything, patting him down with the wand. And then he told him to step aside, put him into a room and started to uh, intimate there was going to be a strip search. Oh, and Gretchen said, I used to be Prime Minister of Canada. You know, nobody was impressed by that fact. That was the problem. That was a problem. Yeah, as a matter of fact, some, you know, flunky there who's making minimum wage is about to pat down the guy who had three successive terms as the Prime Minister in Canada. And uh, no respect. No respect. He's the Rodney Dangerfield of world leaders, I guess. No respect, I'll tell you. So this was uh, kind of him and his glory telling us his story. And finally, somebody came along as he had his shirt on. Off. <laughs> no. Yeah. It was with props. It was a story he told with a, a, a vivid. I'll well, he was painting a very vi- vivid <laughs> picture. <laughs> yes, to the point. He was. And I, we thought that was pretty amusing. You know, he's, he, he tells a good yarn. I didn't even care if it was true at this point. Just the fact in the telling, you know, it had some magic to it. So and I said, dramatic. here we are. We're in the nation's capital killing a day. Wonder how Sherman's making out. That was the first thought that went through my mind. Not really, but uh, I trust he did a good job. I just <laughs> he thought, did a great job. Cretchen, though, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was good for a few laughs. And I just thought that was instructive because, you know, he was drawing the comparison because you've got in the States, you know, the president, long after they're removed from office, they've still got, you know, a secret security detail. Somebody who hovers around and makes sure and so on and so forth. Checks their packages, you know, well, coming the, into their homes. That's the problem, Cretchen said this guy there was going to check his package, oh. and uh, he became a little timid at that. 
I'm kind of now, you see, you're drawing it out of me here. I'm going to tell you the full story in a minute. Uh, what which, a day what in a day. Ottawa. What a few hours. That's right. And fun for God. Well, you know Except what? You. Well, that's it. We uh, actually tried to, yeah, tried to instill a little bit of mirth and merriment into the proceedings. You know, just thought it was real interesting because the screening detail at the Parliament buildings, because I guess it was the anniversary, uh, several, well, October 22nd, right? Back in 15 is when uh, Corporal Cirillo was uh, shot at the right. tomb, tomb of the Unknown Soldier. So this is why security is incredibly beefed up there now, even to the point of uh, seeming to be redundant or ridiculous. But, uh, you know, as I say, uh, you never know when somebody might actually want to take a picture without actually uh, being validated or verified to do so. <laughs> you know, you can't keep me from wanting to get my selfie with Pamela Wallen. Come on. Anyway, she was there. I noticed her. Uh, had no idea what they were talking about, though. I said, this is the nation's business. This is important stuff. And it all came across like Charlie Brown's teacher in the Chamber of Sober Second Thought, with all due respect. Uh, that being said, you know, we did talk about, uh, yeah, how the uh, leaders of different countries do get security detail and so on and so forth. And obviously, stateside now makes you wonder if uh, this is maybe a necessity for even civilians. Just now, we're uh, entering a different phase of how things are done. And uh, where we've got Donald Trump uh, being on, in some quarters, excoriated for having uh, created this environment where uh, people feel they can take license or liberty to uh, threaten people with pipe bombs. That's one accusation. On the other hand, Trump has turned it around and he said uh, at a rally in Wisconsin last night that uh, the news media need to be less hostile. And suggesting that his Democratic critics uh, needed to stop questioning his morality. They're the ones who started all of this. So when Trump is on a roll, he's on a roll. Give a listen. The media also has a responsibility to set a civil tone and to stop the endless hostility and constant negative and oftentimes false attacks and stories. Have to do it. Have to do it. They've got to stop. All right. Well, they've got to stop. And as they say, you know, as much as there's this rift in the body politic in America, uh, it seems like it's been uh, rent asunder. These uh, two parties are these two polarities ain't coming any closer. For example, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio in his own city earlier today. Uh, Robert De Niro has been targeted, apparently CNN, uh, which has a big office building there on Washington Square. Uh, they also have come under, uh, well, the threat of what is being claimed to be a pipe bomb, but it didn't have a detonating device. So I don't know if that qualifies. How sloppy is the so-called terrorist? By the way, Move and Shake, who is our terrorism expert, is going to join us here, formerly of CSIS Undercover and whatever. Uh, in, in moments, he's going to be weighing in as well at the bottom of the hour uh, to give some more clarity and light to... Uh, well, what is, at the very least, a very peculiar situation? But this is Mayor de Blasio in New York City. He says it's pretty clear what the motivation is behind this campaign of terror. This is clearly an effort to terrorize people politically, uh, to choose people for political purposes and attack them because of their beliefs. 
that is the kind of thing we have seen before uh, in this city, and we reject it, and we will not be intimidated by it. All right. Well, you see, this uh, isn't going away anytime soon. As a matter of fact, you know, we have our own situation here where the labor minister's office in Kawartha Lakes uh, was vandalized, and it just makes me wonder if this is the new normal, that somehow if there's animus towards particular folk of uh, a certain political bent or stripe or vice versa or you know somebody who's been critical of somebody that you know uh you may be aligned with philosophically or ideologically uh that that's now fair game Lori scott was targeted uh in this manner yesterday her office and uh or two days ago and this is something that I would find really, really uh, outrageous at the very best of times, but it seems like again, uh, this <laughs> bill that the, the the conservatives, Doug Ford's conservatives, have decided to rescind Bill One Forty Eight has become kind of uh, a lightning rod to labor groups, and that's where at least the suspicion falls this afternoon. Laurie Scott. Uh, echoes what a lot of us feel, conscientious as we are, that this is not the right way to voice opposition. We were kind of shocked that um, protests against our government's uh, bill uh, making Ontario open for business was taken to a criminal level, and the fact that, you know, they felt they had to break into my office, cause damage, rape graffiti on the wall. I mean, my, my staff are shaken. We, we are there to provide assistance to my constituents. Yeah, well, in quiet, peaceable Kawartha Lakes, because the minimum wage uh, was frozen at 14 bucks, and two paid holidays uh, were taken off the docket as well. I mean, folks, this is getting silly. I mean, beyond, and serious, too. I mean, I saw the damage. If you saw the pictures, I mean, the glass, the windows were smashed, the doors were smashed, graffiti spray-painted. Unbelievable. Uh, now, what's interesting, because if you find somebody who uh, may... Well, be odious or, you know, you find you have contempt for them. Is this the way to express it now? I hardly think so. But maybe that's the new normal, the new reality. We're going to find out here momentarily. Move and Shake is going to join us uh, insofar as the terror element of this is concerned. A little later, our panel will weigh in. I'll get you to weigh in as well. I'm curious about your thoughts on how uh, you see these things coming about as a result of, in the States again, you know, it's... He said, she said, kind of it's a back and forth, almost a schoolyard spat with serious implications, though. It's Trump's fault. No, it's not. It's your fault. You and the media and uh, that kind of thing. Or you're the critics who uh, have drawn this up and uh, blown it out of proportion. You never took, you know, the results of the election uh, to heart or you didn't accept them. And, you know, boy, it's uh, really spiraling out of control. By the way, <laughs> even to the point where uh, Make America Great Again has now become a flashpoint as well for some. You know, our own Minister of Natural Resources, Jeff Urick, up with the, uh, the Premier in Northern Ontario uh, today, uh, he says that uh, looking at Stats Canada data is all you need to see how the previous government has mistreated workers, and uh, he has plans, or he and the Ford government, to make Ontario great again. We know the forestry industry is essential to create prosperity for this province. Prosperity for Northern Ontario, prosperity for First Nations, prosperity for rural Ontario. And our government 
is was elected to make Ontario great again. Oh, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> That's right. He may just have crossed the line there. Who knows what descent into Dante's Inferno we're about to engage in here. And look, uh, we'll talk about that a little later. Jocelyn Bamford's going to join us. She's of a small business coalition, the founder and uh, concerned manufacturers in Ontario. She's been really bullish on the repeal of 148. A little later in the program, Buzz Hargrove, along with our roundtable on Wednesday, pro-labor uh, groups are seeing this as the wrong move. So again, the debate continues. We've got it all covered on the Thursday edition of The Oakley Show. As to the more serious implications of these terror threats against individuals, if we can make a common link or uh, put this into some perspective, move and shake. We'll do that for us. Former CSIS operative and counterterrorism expert joins us next here on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.